Well, good morning. Welcome to Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. If you'll make your way to your seats, we'll go ahead and get started. I do have a few announcements I'd like to share with you this morning. Uh, number one, it is Palm Sunday, so happy Palm Sunday. Hopefully you were able to get yourself a palm uh, leaf as you came in. And so today we're going to be doing an interactive message. And so I want to challenge you, every time you hear the word Hosanna, you got to wave your palm leaf, okay? So we're going to have a little bit of fun with that, and hopefully you'll get involved in that. All right. With that being said, as you know, tonight is a very special night. We're going to be doing a Christ in the Passover presentation. So come and be a part of that. That's going to start at 5 o'clock. And you need to come and be a part. Learn a little bit about how Jesus is reflected in that. We still have some open room, so you are invited. Uh, please sign up that sheet in the uh, foyer there. If you haven't signed so as well, so we'll know how many to expect. We would greatly appreciate that. All right. Next. Friday, we're having a Tenebrae service here at Robertson Avenue in the fellowship, excuse me, in the sanctuary. So you're invited to that as well. It's a very worshipful and reverent time, and we ask you to come be a part of that as well. Followed by our Sunday morning Resurrection Day services. That's going to start at 7 a.m. with sunrise services, a time of worship uh, outside on the lawn, and then we'll go in for breakfast and then followed by normal church services, Resurrection Day services. So we'll have normal time services following those times. So busy couple of weeks, so be in prayer for us in that, and come and be a part of that. In the meantime, church, or do you need some help making repairs to the bathrooms? You remember we had those water lines break during the freeze, and of course, we've had those repaired, but now we need a little drywall work in this. If you're able to do that, have time to do that, or want to learn how to do that, wouldn't need your help. So come and be a part of that as we're putting those things together. We were almost complete with our fellowship hall awning. I think we're getting ready to just carpet and paint it now. So you can paint if you need your help with that as well. Also next Sunday, if you're interested, we need your help setting up the sound system outside and setting up chairs. So you need to be here about 5.30 in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning to help us do that. And the benefits of being there that early is you will get to be first line in breakfast. Amen? So come be a part of that as well. Uh, you may know we're, getting, we're planning our vacation Bible school that's coming up in June. We have a vacation Bible school meeting on the 10th at 10 a.m. So it's Saturday, April 10th at 10 a.m. And we are needing workers, teachers, teacher's aides, and of course, uh, anything else that might be a part of that. So we do need some of those things right there. I also want to remind you, and this is something new, that Robert Snaggley has invited to come out and participate in the Gospel Jubilee. Uh, that's going to be at the New Eastern Amphitheater in Lancaster, Texas, that's April 17th. And we've been given a 30-minute time slot. So we're looking for some volunteers who want to sing out there. We might want to share a poem, share a story, share their testimony, anything of that nature. We'll be given 30 minutes, and it doesn't matter how many people we bring, and it doesn't matter how few we bring, we have them given 30 minutes in there. If you're interested in that, come and be a part of that. I'll be there myself. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, and we're looking to build some new relationships with some other churches in that area. All right. Uh, I think that's all we're going to need. I think we have all the volunteers we need for preparation of our Passover meal. Uh, if not, there's going to be a few ladies in the back. We might slip back there and say, hey, do you need any more help? They, they might be interested in that. And, of course, we're going to need some more volunteers for our Resurrection Day breakfast following the sunrise service. So if you're interested in helping with that, please get with Sister Esther. Also, you can ask about April 9th. Uh, the lady 
to run any kitchen if you want some heat in your kitchen. And if you are interested in helping there, we need it. Um, that's going to happen April 9th. So if you get with Sister Esther on that, she would be happy to give you more details on that. All right. I think that is it for our upcoming announcements. And as we do a prayer for a couple of days, we have a couple of church members that are out sick. So please be in prayer for them. And we have a couple of have one that's in the hospital. Please be in prayer for her. So uh, she is likely going to be home soon, probably tomorrow afternoon. So please be in prayer for her and for her family. Uh, also want to remind you, church, that you have been given a day of opportunity and great honor with Youth Baptist Churches Association, uh, the Southern Baptist Church Texas Association in May. We are going to host a fifth Sunday cleaning. So please be in prayer about that. That will be a Sunday evening service where we won't do any preaching or Bible study. We'll end up doing an entire cleaning service. If you're interested in cleaning them, we need you and want you to be a part of that. So please start getting the songs together for that. Please start praying for us as we reach out to our associational churches in that ministry. All right. That is it for our upcoming announcements. That was, that was quite a bunch of them there. I apologize for taking a little time on that. So hopefully you have your palm loose. So let's check and see if you're listening. Hosanna. Amen. Hosanna in the highest. All right. So blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, let's worship together. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house this morning. And I pray, Lord, you put your hands upon us. Lord, lead us and guide us and direct us and prepare us for worship this morning. I pray for a double, a triple portion of your spirit today to fall upon us, Lord, that you might have your way with us. I pray that you open our minds, open our hearts to worship you in sincerity. Please let your anointing come, Lord, so that Robert and Mark will lead us to worship, that we would be uh, worshiping you, Lord. I just pray, Father, that you would speak to us, that we listen to your word. Open our hearts to hear from you, Lord, that we all might be encouraged and good to be in the house of the Lord. Go with us now to our time of worship. May your name be glorified and magnified. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Good morning.
morning. My goodness, uh, I love a Palm Sunday. I think it's probably my favorite of all the Christmas holidays, even though it's probably the, the one that is most misunderstood. So as you came in, I felt that you were given palm leaves, and I got tickled watching some of the young kids back there. Instead of using it to worship Jesus, they were tickling each other's ears, amen? Well, my wife did it to me too, now. So hopefully you have yours, and we're going to get a little bit busy this morning in our worship service. The title this morning's message is Messiah Came Empty. Triumphant. There's a lot going on in the triumphant entry that we often miss. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. Before we begin. I want to give you a little bit of insight, if you will, a little bit of background into what's happening here. This is the beginning of the Passion Week of Jesus. It's Sunday morning, and Jesus has left early from Bethany, and he's on his way into Jerusalem, or Jerusalem, is what he would say. And as he's going into Jerusalem, he is met by a crowd of people. There is an, an expectant air going all over Jerusalem. There is a feeling that something is about to happen. And if you're in the church today, you already know we're feeling like something's about to happen. We should be expecting Jesus to return any minute. Amen? Let me tell you, you can feel it. It's like charged static electricity all throughout there. Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. We should be excited. We should be preaching. We should be testifying and witnessing everywhere we go. We can feel it. It's that close. It is. It's that close. Did you see what Nike did the other day? They got a shoe coming out tomorrow dedicated to the glory of the devil. Oh, man, that's right. What else can you say? They're infusing the shoe with human blood. 
That is true. Take, check it out. I know y'all are looking at me like a calf at a brand new day. And so as you're looking at these things, you should be expecting, when is Jesus coming back? Let me tell you, church, he's coming back when you least expect it. He's coming back when you aren't looking for him. You need to be, as a Christian, excited. You need to be, as a Christian, getting a little fire under your rear end, if you will, and start sharing the gospel with everybody you meet. We got Muslims all over the city of Tapico. They're lost, y'all. We've got homosexuals all over the city of Tapico. We've got lost people everywhere you go. They need Jesus Christ. We've got Jesus. We're supposed to be sharing Jesus. And it seems like we're just keeping it to ourselves like this. We're supposed to be sharing it everywhere we go. So then, there was an expectant air in Jerusalem. And there's an expectant air in the church right now. Luke 19. Look at you starting out in verse 28. Luke 19, verse 28. Then he, meaning Jesus, had said this. He went ahead, going up Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he came near the Bethany and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that's the Mount of Olives, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it, just as he had said to them. But they were loosing the colt. The owners of it said to them, Why are you loosing the colt? They said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was now drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to be filled and to praise God. They couldn't help it. They began to let that God's atmosphere began to go into their bones. It began to go into their body and their soul. They couldn't hold it in. And let me tell you right now, we're supposed to be the caliber of Christians where we can't hold the praise of God inside. It should be coming out in everything we do, everything we say, and everywhere we are. Can I get an amen on that? And he was drawing near, we're in verse 37 here, he was drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives. The whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God. That's not just the twelve. That's everybody who's now gathering around. I, I like to think of it, when I was a kid, I watched the movie Rocky Balboa. Do you remember that movie? And Rocky was running, and he had that, that wonderful music in the background. It's epic music, you know. Dun, 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 dun. And he's running, and he's running, and he's running. And kids start following Rocky everywhere he's going. And next thing you know, there's a whole, whole herd of kids running behind him. And that's what it should be like in your mind here. As Jesus is walking down the Mount of Olives with his 12 disciples, there's epic music in the background. I wonder what that music was. It must have been. King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming down, and out of a sudden, people are joining in. And they're walking, and they're walking, and they can feel the excitement. They can feel it in the air. It's charged. The atmosphere is getting ready to explode. And the Bible says they began to praise God with a loud voice. For all the mighty works they have seen. Three and a half years, they have seen the dead race. They saw the dumb speak. They saw the blind be able to see. They saw the deaf get the hearing back. They saw demons cast out. And finally, just now, they began to say, Praise God. All the mighty works they have seen. The Bible says, verse 38. Now, remember, Luke is a Gentile. It's not Jewish. It's the only non Jewish gospel writer. He's a physician. His Greek is amazing, y'all. 
When I took Greek class, I sweated when they gave me Luke's interpretation. Because I actually had to use my brain to interpret here. He's smart. Okay? Listen to what he says in verse 38. He says, Blessed is the king that comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in the heaven and glory in the highest. And he translated that as best he could. If you read through the other doctrines, you'll find out what they're saying is a Hebrew term, Hebraic term. What they're saying is, Hosanna. There you go. Hosanna in the highest. In Hebrew, it's Hosanna. And literally what it means is, save me, please. Hosanna in the highest. They began to say, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, it sounded like this. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. That's what Palm Sunday is all about. They felt that atmosphere. Something was about to happen. Something on a scale they had never seen before. And I don't know about you, but I believe in my heart of hearts. I believe deep in my soul that we as a church are getting ready to see something we've never seen before. We're getting ready to see the return of Jesus Christ. We're getting ready to see the rapture of the church. We're getting ready to see demons cast out. We're seeing demons come back into the world today. Amen. Praise the Lord. We should be in a charged atmosphere. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. The Bible says, peace in heaven, glory in the highest. Let's go on to verse 39. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd. There's always a couple of those religious guys, aren't there? They called to him from the crowd and they said, Rabbi, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that these who keep silent, the Son will come to you. Whew, there's a lot to talk about. You ever heard the expression, dumb as a rock? We're going to revisit that here. So we got a beautiful picture here of what Palm Sunday may have looked like. As they put Jesus on that colt that had never been ridden before. They put him on that donkey and led him through. Now, if you've ever owned a donkey, you know that getting a donkey not to fight back is a miracle all the time. And here we have what it may have looked like. You got the palm leaves, you got the palm branches there, you got the people gathered around, you got some gathered around the donkey's feet, and maybe a head has got a lonely road sign. And they're saying, Hosanna in the highest to the Son of David. Save me, Lord. You're the one who comes in the name of God Almighty. I believe in you. That being said, let's pray before the Lord. Father, we come standing before you this morning. We want to thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray, Father God, your word would have its way in our hearts and in our lives right now. Lord, if there be anybody who needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, be anybody, Father God, who needs to get their heart right with you, or their walk right with you, would you let today be that day? May your spirit move, may your son be glorified, and may your name be lifted up and exalted. We give you the praise, honor, and the glory, even in Jesus' holy name. And you all said, Hosanna in the highest. The triumphal entry is a lot more than just a bunch of people with palm leaves. Even though that's all we think about now, doesn't it? Well, that's pretty cool. Jesus came down from the Mount of Olives and people met him with the palm branches and said, Hosanna, right? Are you worshiping now? Don't use it to irritate your neighbor. You got to worship with that. There's a lot going on here. You're going to find out that it's about to be so good. 
good here. Did the prophecy fulfilled in? Yep, that's what he wanted, right? What did he see? Well, you're going to find out that the Bible is very, very literal. You can take it literal. You can always let the Bible interpret the Bible. Amen? If the Bible's infallible, then the Bible's never wrong. If the Bible's in error, then the Bible has no errors in it. If the Bible's inspired, then God's the one who wrote it. And I don't know about you, but if he's the one who wrote it, that's the one I go to to interpret it. Amen? I'm tired of listening to people on TV saying, this is what it means right there. I'm tired of listening to some weirdo out of some school saying, well, we got it wrong. When all I know is when I go to Jesus, the Spirit of God moves in me. And when I go to the Word of God, I realize this particular truth. And I want to give it to you this morning. If God said it and I believe it, that settles that. Entry is prophecy fulfilled in two ways. Number one, if you'll turn with me in your Bible to Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9, we're going to look at the old prophecy. We're going to look at that old one getting fulfilled. It is a neat prophecy. In fact, the old rabbis actually came to the conclusion that this is what God spoke. Right? We're ready. Then the Messiah is going to come to us riding on a white horse. But if we're not ready, if we're not righteous, if we're not worthy, then he's going to come to us riding on a donkey. And you get to pick the rest of this story right there. Which way did Jesus come? On a donkey. Look with me in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. If you're not an Old Testament reader, I want to encourage you to start reading your Old Testament right now. I want to encourage you to make it part of your daily Bible reading. I had people tell me when I was in seminary, don't read the Old Testament, Josh. It shows God in a negative light. I read through the Old Testament and said, you're wrong. It reveals to me who the Messiah is. In fact, when I go to the Old Testament with the Messiah in mind, I begin to understand that. In fact, the Old Testament is God's will concealed. The New Testament is God's will revealed in Jesus Christ. So you might be saying, I don't understand it. Start reading it with this in mind. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. You can look at it like Jeopardy, right? Everything should be. What is the Messiah? What is the Messiah? You've got to answer every question with a question. What is the Messiah? What's going on there? I don't know. What is the Messiah? And the answer is going to come. Zechariah 9, verse 9, the Bible says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Let's talk about that for a minute. What does that mean? To come to your people on a donkey. Number one, are you ready for this? Number one, when you're a conquering king, when you're a military force, when you're an authoritarian figure, you will never ride in victoriously on a donkey. How do I know? Because a donkey's got to throw you off. Somebody say amen. Donkeys are stubborn. Donkeys are mean. And on top of that, they're stinky too. Amen? You don't ride donkeys to look kingly. You ride a donkey to look humble. You ride a donkey to show that you are meek and lowly in heart. Not just that, but you're riding a donkey to bring a message into Jerusalem. And that message, church, is that I'm coming to you with justice. I'm coming to you with salvation. I'm coming to you in meekness. I'm coming to you, Jerusalem, who has stoned the prophets, who has turned aside God's justice, who has turned aside God's word. You know, out of all the cities in the world, Jerusalem is the one that doesn't have a good name. 
Everything in the world has a name that means something. Like we have some here in the United States. Remember Philadelphia? That used to be our capital. Philadelphia, what does it mean? It means the city of brotherly love. We got New York, which we lovingly call the Big Apple. We got Chicago, we call the Windy City. We got Copper Cove, called the city built for family living. Jerusalem means city of peace. Jerusalem. We get our word shalom. Jerusalem means city. Shalom means peace. Jerusalem. in Jerusalem. Every day the sirens go off as rockets begin to rain down upon you. Every day the call comes over the loudspeakers for a pagan god to be worshipped. Every Friday you look up on top of Mount Zion and see that idol standing there and say, I live in the city of Really, what we need to do is take God's word and say, that makes me know I need a Savior. Some of you have been sitting out in those pews for years saying, if I just start going to church, I'll become righteous. Wrong. If you'll just get to know Jesus Christ, He will make you righteous. You can't become righteous in anything you do. But if you will get a hold of the hand of Jesus Christ, He will cleanse you. He will make you new. He will wash you. And He will give you a brand new life and live forever in heaven.
now you can feel their excited, excited atmosphere. Hosanna in the highest! Down came the King of Kings. He is just, the Bible says, and having they began to realize as they looked at the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, as they looked into his eyes, you can imagine what that would have been like. You look into his eyes, saying, Here's his wonderful form to touch his form, to be able to reach out and touch his knees as he walked by on that donkey, to marvel at why that donkey wasn't bucking him off. You know what's funny to me? That donkey knew who Jesus was. That donkey knew on his back that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, his very creator, and he had no regret or argument. But every time Jesus tells us to do something, we buck like a donkey. We need to learn an action from some donkeys in our life. The Bible said he's just the habit kind of donkey. Lowly and riding on a Listen, or he says, behold, which means not. Now Jesus is saying, 
Have you got your heart 
ready for Jesus because we're ready for this. Whether you like it or not, he's coming back. He's coming back, and he's coming back to the kingdom of your heart. He's coming back to the kingdom of your life, and you need to have some palm branches ready to say, Hosanna in the highest. We need to worship the king. We need to be able to lift our hands again to the church and say, I love you, Lord. Come down with us. There's also a message tonight that we need to hear from the Lord. So I'll throw it out and pass it back over to you. We'd love to talk about this. We love to talk about Zechariah 9.9. We love to talk about the prediction in Luke saying, you will not see me again until you say the Luke of Bible says. You will not see me again until you say those things. There's a message for all of us. Look with me again in Luke chapter 19. This is Jesus himself right here. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That is the Luke of Bible Peace in heaven. Glory in the highest. Look at verse 39. Some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd. Did you recognize the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? This is the coronation, if you will, a coronation of the greatest King this world has ever known. On a donkey, he's worthy of the greatest court the world has ever known. He's worthy of the greatest courtroom this world has ever seen. He's worthy of the greatest palace. He's worthy of all the jewels, all the gold, all the silver. Yet he comes on a donkey. Somebody say amen. And some religious person rebuked him in all that humbleness. Some religious person looked at the king of kings, at the very son of God, looked in the eye who saw this world before it was ever created, the one who designed it, the one who implemented it, the one who spoke it into creation. He looked into his eyes and he says, Teacher, rebuke now. What in the world is going on? Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Look at verse 40. But he, Jesus, answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep quiet, the stones would immediately fall on them. Very popular this morning. Especially on the heavy Sunday morning. Very gospel truth. Maybe that's the best you could say. Isn't it funny? You know it's true. If you were to go to the geology today, start studying the rocks, you would find out that the Bible is You'd find out that there was a great flood. You'd find out that there was a judgment on this earth. You'd find out that there was dinosaurs. You'd find out that there was mankind living. You'd find out that every word of the Bible is true. You'd find out. I'm talking about real science. I'm not talking about somebody who says, well, this is what I think. I'm talking about real science. It always backs up the Bible. And the Bible never contradicts. Always. If you were to gather around the salt sea, you would find that what? Salt bath. Amen. You got it right. If you were to gather around a Baptist table, you'd find food there. Amen. 
What would those rocks say to us, David? I know what they would say. They would say you're not God. They would say that. The Bible says they cannot hurt the rocks. The very rocks cannot hurt Be, I'm going to throw out a disclaimer. I'm not, no one should get mad at me. This particular statement applies to nobody but me. Usually when I get home from doing a wedding, Becky says, what do you think? I say, about who? The bride or the groom? Becky will say, usually both of us. I say, well, one of them is the dumb of us all. And we get a good laugh out of it. Now, we're not ridiculous or like it. Sometimes the things that happen at weddings are just plain funny. They're hilarious. Some of them are created by moments that are But the rock can't hurt one. The rock can't hurt the other. The rock can't speak. The rock can't touch the spot. And a rock can't hurt the spot. You can't hurt those things. Then I will throw you off of the cliff. 
began, he began to grab Jews, rabbis, and men, and he would put them down on their knees with spears and swords at their necks, saying, if you do not eat something unkosher, I will kill you. And many Jews began to die. Many Jews began to run. Some Jews began to think very cunningly to say, hey, that's a new way of life. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like the Jews were doing.
They put him in the court of the women. They said, let the women clean up the mess. He said, no, 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 no. Yes. Not in Christ's words. You're weak with Jesus. Those are the songs we should be going to. They will testify as to who he is. And they said it themselves. When the chief prophet, when the Messiah comes, he will tell us what to do with them. And there Jesus is telling them, if my people don't start praising me, then those stones you rejected, those stones you tore down, those stones that used to be the altar of burnt offering, all the way back in Solomon's time, will start crying out, that's the Messiah. That's the one that was called for. That's the one that is the sacrifice of the world. That's the Lamb of God who brings peace in the earth. Somebody say amen. Hosanna in the highest. Oh, my goodness. God knows the past, doesn't He? God knows the present. But God knows the future. He knows what's going to happen to you. You do what comes to my praise. I don't want what comes to my praise to worship. I want to be up there by a rock standing in the midst. I don't want no rock sitting there saying, Hosanna louder than me. I don't want any rock saying, Jesus is the best that ever I don't want to do what God wants me to do. Perhaps you're sitting here this morning, you say, Pastor, I've never heard you say these words. I want to give you one more caution before we close our service. Not only did Jesus come into the temple that day to cleanse it, not only did Jesus receive that worship and that glory that day, not only did Jesus come in on the donkey, but just one
word off. Call your Sunday worship leader. Watch him every Bible study. Don't forget tonight, Christ in the Passion, 5 o'clock. Come and be a part of that. If you're wanting to help Beach Side Children Kitchen Master Director, if you can get involved there, she may have Mr. Lee. Benedict may not, but she will put you to work, I promise you. So uh, come and be a part of those things. Don't forget, Wednesday night Bible study starts at 6.30 here, and we're going to finish Passion Week by looking at the crucifixion on Wednesday night. Friday night, Pentecost service at 6.30, and of course, next Sunday, Resurrection Day, 7 a.m., the Sunrise Service. Some exciting things coming up at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. We will pray about our upcoming youth camp. We will pray about our upcoming Fifth Sunday singing, and whatever else Father God is putting on our plate. I love to see a busy church. Amen? So come and be a part of those things. Get involved in. There is something for you to get involved in here at Robertson Avenue. Let's close in that word of prayer. And uh, thank you for being here with us this morning. I'm going to ask uh, our camera to do the first song. Would you go ahead and do that, Crystal?